Hello and welcome to a podcast of the sermon for Sunday the 2nd of August at St. Mary's Church. May these words be pleasing. Amen. This sermon, will, this reflection will be preached in St. Mary's Church, in the church building, as we're now able to meet together, albeit distance, in our church building. And earlier in the week, I noted to the family that today would be the first time since March I would be in robes. A voice said quietly, I hope they fit. It's been a long time. A theme for this morning is separation. And here are four examples of separation. And as we go through them, ask yourself which seems to upset the most. Number one, we have been separate from our church building for some time. Whilst it is good to be back, some are still unable to come to this church building and all of us remain unable to fully physically meet as a church family here in our church building. Number two, we are increasingly having to wear a mask or a visor as we go about in our daily lives. And the visor I wear now preaching this sermon acts as a barrier to how we see and hear people normally. Number three, we are separate from God. He is perfect. I make mistakes. And I don't think I fully understand just how important and how serious and how bad this is. But I get a glimpse, not just with my mistakes, for there are many, but on the rarer occasions when I get caught out and I am seen by others to make a mistake. It makes us embarrassed and guilty. Last week, I went into a shop where a couple were already being served uh, to be instantly told that I had to leave as only two people were allowed in at any one time. As the sign says on the door, a friend was caught speeding and in this last week attended a speed awareness course. Ironically, in these times, held not in person, but on Zoom. When caught, I say, sorry, I feel annoyed. Separation number four, Paul, Saint Paul, the great missionary Paul, was separated from the Jewish faith, the faith of the Israelites in which he grew up, separated from his family and former friends, many of whom now hated Paul. How he wished, he says, that he could be cut off from Christ, 
Think about that, how he wished he could be cut off from Christ. If only they, his kindred people, could be saved instead. We can be confident that Paul was also separated from the earliest Christian church in Jerusalem. This had in its number some of the apostles and disciples, such as Peter, and some of the family of Jesus. To belong to this group, it was necessary to hold on to all the rules required to be a Jew, the Sabbath, circumcision, what you can and cannot eat, and then uh, to make the final leap in becoming a Christian. Paul disagreed. And he is an outcast, an outcast, both with the old and with the new. Paul knows all about separation and isolation. That's all for. And where there is separation, there is a need for reconciliation. Come, says Isaiah, to those in need and delight yourselves in good food. I discovered an invitation this week on a church website to our Zoom service this morning. It said, come and hear Bishop John Pritchard as he preaches at St. Mary's Church in Richmond. Well, if you have joined us on Zoom this morning from elsewhere, welcome. Uh, he was on last week. You would last week have heard him preach on a different verse from Romans in which Paul states his delight that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I invite you all to tune in to Cafe Church this afternoon to hear that verse again. Faced with separation, our God offers healing and reconciliation. And with it, an astonishing abundance of goodness. In our gospel reading, Jesus is separated just for a short time from the crowd but when they are brought back together, he feeds them with a miraculous abundance beyond explanation. Five loaves and two fish. That's all that was brought to Christ. With it, he feeds 5,000 men. Note the awkward fact that the women and children 
are not counted, but they are all fed by Jesus with 12 baskets left over. Where there is separation, God offers abundance. What is God's response when faced with the four examples of separation? And where might be the abundance of God? Let's start with Paul. In a blinding flash, his life is given a completely new direction away from the rules of religion, the rules of his youth. He understandably is not inclined to exchange the old simply for a different set of rules within the early Christian church in Jerusalem. Instead, Paul heads out alone and in doing so breaks down the barriers that separate Jews and Gentiles, Romans and Greeks, male and female. He makes known the abundance of God throughout much of the Roman world. Having found himself freedom in Christ, he worked hard to bring the good news to others. He took no money. He worked ceaselessly for the kingdom of God in all its abundance. What can we say about visors and masks? Last week, Andrew set himself a challenge. It was the start of the summer break. He said, I want to cycle to Grandpa. I want to cycle to Glasgow. So a plan was made, a three-day journey, a route that had a pleasing total for me of exactly 200 miles and uh, we cycled 199 miles then at the final set of traffic lights i stopped using my brakes andrew stopped using me he crashed into the back of my bike we walked the final mile and we hope for the two back bikes back from uh, repair sometime soon. As we crossed the border into Scotland on our journey, we found they were ahead of us in terms of wearing masks and visors, but behind us in terms of opening up shops and businesses. We stayed at a and b in Moffat, which had only just reopened, and despite an obvious nervousness, the welcome was warm, as was the desire to serve and make us comfortable. The lady whose house it was wore a visor, not to protect herself, but to stop germs spreading to those she met, to those she served like us. This large space in our church is relatively safe compared to smaller businesses and shops. If workers there 
can spend all day with faces covered to protect the people they serve, then one can understand the advice of our church leaders. They strongly advise that face coverings are used in church for those for whom it is possible. Time, we guess, will tell whether this advice becomes an instruction. How can this separation lead to a sign of the abundance of God? Time will also tell whether in this current crisis our world adds more and more rules and regulations as to how we are to live our lives. More judging, more finger pointing, more stress, more anxiety. Or perhaps we become more mindful of the needs of others. Our service to them and their service to us brought closer together by a greater focus on service and the welfare of those we serve and the people who serve us. And in this, perhaps, we can all grow closer to God. I would confess that I am still struggling with face coverings and remember to wear my mask, but I am hoping that I can see this not as something that separates, but something that unites, unites us in a common purpose and service to each other. What about the fact that we can still face separation here at St. Mary's? Some of us come to church in our church building. Some come to church from home. Some can do neither. Our intention is, at least for the foreseeable future, to continue to offer what is called blended worship, accessible both in the church building and at home. How wonderful will that time be when our church building is once again full? How much better still if we are also worshipping alongside a full church with countless others in homes around Richmond and beyond. We have seen what our Christ can do with just five loaves and just two fishes. Where there is separation, God responds with abundance. Our hymn later in our service this morning will be Jesus, where'er your people meet, there we behold your mercy seat. Every place is hallowed ground, for you no walls confine. We are few, but by the power of prayer make a thousand hearts your own. And I think we have reached the fourth example of separation and the one that should upset us and grieve us the most, our separation 
from God. But we can respond by thinking of this service to and with Christ and our expectation that where there is separation, God offers abundance. When we face separation, we return, as we will this afternoon, to Paul's firm belief, his delight, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. <laughs>